This podcast is made possible by the generosity of listeners and viewers like you. Kindly consider a contribution through Patreon or PayPal. Links are in the details box. Any amount is appreciated. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The handle, The Beirut Banyan. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And to stay updated with video releases, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and thanks for watching. I'm Rani Shatar, and this is The Beirut Banyan. I'm going to think of this episode as a unique uh, mental gymnastics exercise because I've hosted many candidates who are running in Beirut too. I've hosted many candidates campaigning across the country. But I think, and this is my humble opinion, I think you guys are running in the most complicated district in this country. It's not because there are multiple lists or for that matter there's uh, certain characters in each, each list. I don't think it's about ego or personality, even though that plays a role sometimes. I think it's because there's a sensitive subject that is impacting all of us, and it's very difficult to talk about it. So I'm going to try to do this carefully with both of you. I'll introduce you guys, though, before anything. Wadah Sadi, Khat Ahmar, Iman Tabbara, Kitli Al-Wataniyi. Backed by Kitli, yes. Backed by Kitli. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was trying to be yeah, extra careful. Backed by Kitli. Fully on board with Khat Ahmar. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm mainly the head of the executive committee of Khat Ahmar. And Both backed, backed by Iman. <laughs> None of us are backed by any other sponsor, <laughs> which is why we're here. Um, Beirut al is the list. It's made up of many candidates, and actually some of them I know as friends. Uh, I wanted to select two individuals I don't know that well. Um, I know your wider story, what the, I've seen you in different circles through media. Iman, I don't think I ever knew about you before the elections began. Yeah. So for me, it's actually more interesting to go down this road with Sorry two people. <laughs> it's okay. You are, you, are, you are more interesting. Well, I think both of you are in different ways, which yeah. is why I think this is unique. Uh, let me start with the most sensitive subject, and then we can go down from there. Um, I think there's inertia and gravity in Lebanon that is beyond politics. I think it's beyond elections and it's beyond reform. Um, I think there is sectarian anxiety. And I think the three of us are old enough to know what that feels like for another community that exited politics in the early 1990s. And I think it's not so unfair to characterize this community's uh, anxieties this way. Even if the three of us here don't feel sectarian, perhaps the three of us are secular. And maybe we don't even think about these things to begin with. But I think that's a reality. And let's start with that reality. Maybe Iman, I could start with you. Did what I just say sound very outlandish? Does it sound almost dinosaurish for me to suggest that? Or do you feel the same way, that this is an uphill battle for reasons that have nothing to do with your list? Or Kitli Watani is sponsoring you, or you sponsoring them maybe in this list. Or for that matter, the demands that we felt on the street on October 17, that this is history, its identity, and its gravity when it comes to Lebanon. 
I honestly believe that we have an entrenched problem that we are not being able to get rid of is that let's face it whether we like it or not we are a sect based identity so as a as a Lebanese uh, we were not able to layer up these identities in mm-hmm. order to be uh, more comprehensive i was having a very interesting conversation in the morning with a the person who told me we have a fractured identity mm. in terms of it's not one identity and yet there's no common bonds between these identities mm. so you can be an expat a Lebanese expat or you can be uh, a Sunni from Beirut or you can be a capitalist here and a socialist there there's no coherence in our identity and if we were to historically go back in time Uh, ever since the Qa'im Maqamitain, mm. we have this uh, this issue with the sects and how these sects are represented. And we were not, I don't think till now, we were able to move forward with uh, the concept of a nation or or basically who a Lebanese person is, what his duties are and what his uh, obligations are. Mm. So we're still at, 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 at the bottom, I think, and we need to work any candidate to in parliament or any person who believes uh, in Lebanon and the Lebanon that represents us has to work towards that to layer this identity up so you see the the problem if it's if that's the right word predating all of this current mess that this is an old issue that any election would have to confront on a good day or a bad day i think i think we need to stop living in the past and see how to live in the future mm. for the ki- for our kids sake and uh, this system has proven to be extremely fragile mm. and i would say we coexist yani very it's a very fragile coexistence between these sects because uh, we're perpetuating a stereotype of a zaim of a who happened to be previously a warlord and so on and so forth we were not able to move forward towards the rule of law mm. and towards accountability towards a, an actual democracy because what we're living here it's a it's a delusional democracy i like that phrase delusional democracy what the did what i say earlier resonate with you and I, i know it sounds a bit bleak it sounds maybe i'm i'm applying pressure by suggesting these things but i feel it and i don't know if you feel it the same way i described it It's not pressure, it's actually it's reality. And we must know what's in the past to be able to build the future of the country. I think we were programmed mm. since maybe 1969, I think, after the Cairo. Um, um, we were built to, to, to live in a way that suddenly we can transform into small groups that they tell us you need to survive So if you want to survive, you need to be against others. In 2018, just an example, I was asked by uh, some some of the surrounding of Saad al-Hariri about his campaign. Mm. We're not, uh, okay, we're not talking then. We're not, I was not close to, to Saad. He's a friend. I, I hope that he will remain after I took a decision to, to leave uh, the party, but he didn't. And they said, what about the campaign? I said, I'm a Beiruti. I need to hear what you're going to do to Beirut, mm. not just uh, elect us because Hezbollah will, will take Beirut. Mm. 
And I don't think we can build a future living on fears. Uh, they created a small devil inside each of us that they can push a button and this devil controls us and we say, okay, we are, we are Sunni, we are in Beirut and we need, we need to go to our Zaim mm -hmm. to elect him because if we don't, they will, they will kill us, they will take Beirut or I don't know what now. Each one of us took a decision to do his own revolution. It's not 17th of October, it's within us. On 17th of October, we said enough is enough. Yeah. We don't want to live in this Lebanon anymore. We want to change ourselves. I said it many times. In 17th of October, we started our revolution a year and a half before in Khat Ahmar because we come from a private sector and we saw that we were going to a full collapse in the private sector. And we represented around 60, 70,000 employees, mm. and we wanted to go to the streets. But then 17th of October came, I was in the office, my daughter called me, she was 22, I think. She said, Dad, I'm in Riyadh Salah. I said, what are, you, what are you doing in Riyadh Salah? She said, maybe, maybe we are trying to, to, to go to a better Lebanon, we are trying to do that, we are trying to do this, and maybe we'll do better than you and will correct your mistakes. And, and, and this was, you know, it, it went inside me. I said, we did a lot of mistakes. So let's try to, to do something. And I went down to 17th of October, and I think I did my own revolution inside of me and said, no, I don't want to live in such a country. My, my two kids are outside Lebanon now. And I promised them that I will get you back to Lebanon and you will start rebuilding this country. Actually, I don't want to rebuild the country. I want to build a new one because the base is not here. You're both outlining something that resonates with me, uh, which is that you're, you have a slightly longer perspective on this country's history by simple fact that you're a little older than the average protester that joined us on the streets. And the fact that you're even able to own up and suggest things that I think many October 17 politicians are shy about. And I've seen you do it in different ways. You're, you're honest about your earlier career. You're not, uh, you're not hiding anything in terms of a man that you worked for, or let's say even a party that you identified with at some point. Um, but you're also suggesting that things need to radically change too. And I appreciate both at the same time. I'm going to take this sensitive subject and make it even more sensitive. Now that you're head on into an election, uh, almost like a circus, it's less than, mm. I mean, it's 10 days away. Yeah. This will come out just a few days before, but I can imagine the pressure is so severe. And with that, you have to at least offer a rational explanation for why one particular figure exited politics. And I know that's not your burden. You're not running for that party. You're running, I think, more like individuals on a list together. But I can imagine in the background, you have to offer an explanation. And I think that explanation is very tricky in how you deliver it. So, Iman, I'm, I'm going to try to ask you this in a, in a productive way. Are you able to put his exit, the Hariri name, which I think is so big in Lebanon, even when he's not here? Are you able to somehow position his decision to leave this country, not interfering with what you still want to do, with or without him being in this country? Is there a way that you maybe sell your uh, your aspirations to a voter 
that doesn't necessarily legitimize anyone's exit, but still you're able to stand tall on your own. And I'm sorry to make it a very huge question, but I think this is always in the background, especially in Beirut too. It's not personal against mm. Hariri, whether it be at Hariri, Jumblat, or any Zayim. What I'm, what I'm here saying is that we need public servants. We need a functional democracy. And it's not about the people, it's about the system. Mm. We, have, we have a problem, a systematic problem, regardless of who the person is. So what I'm, what I'm saying to the people is that, fine, Hariri exited. It is what it is. It's a, his decision. Okay? But it doesn't mean we have to bear the consequences or just uh, wait for another savior to come on board because mm. the system of Zaim negates the public servant that I'm uh, advocating for. I'll push you back since I can. My rare opportunity to do this sure. with very bright minds. Um, if I were to counter argue and suggest the system has nothing to do with one man's resignation or for that matter, the inability of reformers to seek power. If I were to position that and suggest uh, things that have less to do with Lebanon make the system rotten rather than the system making Lebanon rotten. And I don't, we don't even need to use the word Hezbollah. You mentioned Wadah, the Cairo Agreement in your first sentence, I think. You went back to 1969 very smoothly. What if the structural problems to the system predate us? And we've never really talked about that issue. And it's hard to imagine a country getting better when that huge burden is on anyone living here. Granted, we need to revise our history and learn from it. Our problem is we keep jumping from one problem to another mm. without tackling the previous ones. Mm. For me, at a certain point, we're, us as a Lebanese, uh, Lebanese living in Lebanon specifically, we're still living in the past mm. because we have not yet reconciled amongst each other. We have not agreed on a history book. We have not agreed on the civil war and its uh, repercussions on all of us. So that's why we keep going back and forth. We were not able to move forward because we're still based in the past because the same people who were warlords are now uh, elected into parliament, mm. into the executive office as presidents and so on and so forth. So basically, we're still suffering from, from a, a long-term kind of uh, civil war, whether on the streets or in the establishments. So this ruling class has to be set aside in order for people who believe in the rule of law to instill this constitution, which I think is, and I disagree with Wadah on this point, I believe that to a certain extent, there are foundations that we can build on. The reason is why we're not getting there is because of the people who are in power and not only because of the system itself. We might be able to amend the system, but within we will not be able to do so if these same people are still ruling us since 1975. Can I interfere? And of I, course, I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree because I was I was talking about the economy. Now there is Lebanon. We have a chance to go into leapfrogging, and leapfrogging is going to let's say to to renewable energy. Yeah. So to smart government, not to e-government. 
So uh, n now we cannot go and uh, uh, and bring energy to Lebanon based on what we have. So we need to really go into not restructuring, into doing a new structure. This is what I meant. But mm. I agree e that economically. Not, yeah. But let me build on what you said, Iman. I know it's not it's not your words, but I'd like the way you're picturing something. You're describing it. I'm going to take a bit from what you said and add to it. Uh, you're running and trying to overcome one of the few politicians in Lebanon who left the scene but was not part of that warlord uh, group, let's say, obviously associated with failure. And I think October 17, the fact that this man was the front and he was the face of the government made him so exposed anyway that it was a natural end mm. to that political career. And it probably made sense. But then again, I can, I can imagine anybody that represents a community at large in Lebanon, even if that language doesn't appeal to us right now, and I know that the Zaim stuff doesn't resonate well in 2022, yet it's still here. When that kind of figure leaves for reasons that may have to do less with Lebanon's structure itself, how do you as a politician overcome that when you're discussing politics? First, it's his uh, choice to leave politics. Partially, I think he didn't leave. He's still working, he's still doing a lot of things under the table. But um, he doesn't have the right to close a party. Mm. What he did, he said, okay, I'm leaving politics and I'm closing a party, a full party uh, in, for Lebanon. I don't, want to I don't want to say a Sunni party. Mm. I want to, to say a national party. So he doesn't have the right to do that. He left them confused, and they don't know how to react. Mm -hmm. The problem of the future party of Saad al-Hariri, for the last 15 years, everything he did was based on reaction, not mm. on action, mm. not on planning, not on uh, uh, creating young leaders. While he was one of the few, I think, or the only leader who can create new leaders, uh, he's a young man, uh, he was born. He was born and raised outside, and I. I was expecting that he was really one of us. Mm. The people want want to change. So yes, he left. Uh, he will leave a, ca a gap, and for a. I think for a good time, not for a long for a long time. He will leave a gap. What we're trying to do, we're trying to tell people that the change now should come. I know it won't be fast. We need time. We need to build. And we need to pay for our mistake, all of us. We all did mistakes. The Lebanese people, we all did mistakes. Because we created those five, six, seven, eight leaders. The problem of Saad, he didn't have a strong structure inside his party or inside the Sunni community, while the rest were really leaders who were able to let their population community uh, live with the idea that we cannot live without without you. For Walid Jumrat, they are minority, and is always saying, "Without me, you will not be able to live in this country." Mm. For Hezbollah, it's religious. They are waiting for something, and they are everyone are really related to the party because of that. Uh, Amal, you know, they don't want to go back to Mahrumin, and so uh, it goes on. For Saad, he doesn't have a strong base behind him. We're trying to build on that, that you need to go to a 
to a project that can build the country enough with the leaders. It's not easy. We're talking to people all the time, but it will need more time. You know, the reason I rare, I rarely even bring up his name in any episode, I've done over 300 episodes, but I think this is a unique opportunity to really cu- tackle the psychology of this moment. Because in my mind, and you, I'd like to know if this resonates with you, Iman, I don't think of him as a, uh, as a consequence of war. So when Michel Aoun fled the country in 1990 after spending a year at the French embassy, that is a direct consequence of war. Although his responsibility is clear, but he chose, his, he chose exile. Samir Jaja is thrown in jail in the early 1990s. That's a consequence of the Syrian occupation. But I think of those two characters as almost the, the trust that they establish while not being on the political scene grows when they're away from the scene. And I'm trying to think about why this, why this issue has pervading Lebanon. Does, does it even sound remotely possible to you that no matter what you do in Beirut too, or no matter what you do in Lebanon, there's still a de facto situation where a community feels like its de facto leader paid a price, even if he chose to depart himself. And that that is a hurdle that no one can really overcome because it's, it, it transcends us. And it may even go beyond Saad Hadidi himself. He may not even fully appreciate that what the void does. And I, I don't know if I'm asking it the right way, but I, I, I get the feeling that if we're going to only talk about system inefficiency and structural problems and leave that huge thing out of the conversation, it may not resonate the way it should, at least in Beirut too. When, when those who were in charge had to leave the country or chose to leave the country, they chose based on principles. Mm. It was very clear cut. Mm. Today, when Saad al-Hariri left the country, whether by choice or not, first of all, it's not clear what were the, what, what's the plan. As was it a tactical move? What was it a strategical move? It's not enough to to restrict the the Sunni constituency mm. and uh, turn it into one person and then have that one yeah. person exit without an actual plan. Mm-hmm. See, if the boycott was clear and he said, "Listen, I'm boycotting because I want to. Uh, I have a problem with the with the system. Uh, I want to delegitimize mm. uh, the." Uh, the elections, so on and so forth, if he gave valid reasons, then I think his exit would have been more beneficial to him mm. and to Lebanon as a country. But the fact that he just decided to up and go without valid reasons or without a valid strategy on how this exit is beneficial mm. to people who trusted him and who believed in him, then I think that's extremely detrimental. I've never heard that before, and I really appreciate that answer. I think that is probably the clearest problem and this whole story. I respect you even pointing right at the problem itself. Does that sit well with you, Wadda? Of course, this is why we had Iman in, in the list. That's it. I was going to say, can I, can I hire you for my own lists later? <laughs> because she's smart. So <laughs> that, that was a good answer. <laughs> you know, you know let, me tell you, let me tell you something. Uh, we've been in the streets, in the offices, trying to build a coalition for a year and a half now. I took breakfast with Iman. 
<laughs> and we decided to go together to the list. And we are communicating and working together, I think better than 90% of all the groups and the people that I've worked with for the last year, two years, two years and a half. And so, it's this very frank, blunt communication that helps, I'm guessing, and yeah. trying to get yeah. straight to the point. I, I think we have common grounds. And yeah. That's why we get along well. So to me, I'm extremely transparent. Uh, I'm not sensitive. Mm. So I take things as is and I build on them to better myself. So it's not an issue. If anyone has any critique, I take it wholeheartedly, mm. honestly. And I think we're, we're together, all of us, we're trying to work towards a better Lebanon. Because when he wants his kids back, it's the same for me. Mm. And we're working towards that, towards that goal. So again, uh, I think we have to, at a certain point, cut, cut ties with, with our past and look into our future and see how we can build on that. Because we cannot stay living in the past. Thank you for that very frank refreshingly straight to the point description of I think the elephant the other elephant in the room <laughs> it's such a tiny room with so you, many elephants the other room with the other <laughs> elephant <laughs> you know Ronnie, what she said the description that she gave is exactly the reason why I left why you left the future yeah, party. party but 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 you left before yeah, october 17 yeah, yeah. if i understood that right six seven years uh, before right october 17. so she in other words her way of analyzing his departure later is what drove you away from that party before he left yeah because nothing nothing was clear right no planning we were trying to do something they didn't want to do that so he left the same way he was leading the party uh, and and he was leading not only the party, uh, most of the time he was leading Lebanon. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the last fifteen years. I, I thank you for letting me start the episode with this huge question because I think once you get this out of the way, it's easier to dissect other issues. But I think it's equally important to to address it. It's the first time. Let's get into what issues you think matter most for the voters in Beirut too. And I'm, I'm going to just speculate here. It's not just about Hezbollah. No. no. And I'm going to take it as even a step further, that even if it was just about Hezbollah, I don't think an MP running for parliament right now should have all the tools necessary to address that huge geopolitical problem. Yeah. That's a problem that transcends Lebanon. But even when it's on the table, what are the other topics that come up that are pressing to Beirut too? And in your experience, do they stand out a bit when it comes to other districts? Or is it a national problem that sort of pervades across? And maybe with that, I can start with you. Beirut is the capital. So it is a little bit different from the other districts because everyone's coming to Beirut, all the Lebanese are here. So it needs to be really an organized capital that can, can uh, uh, attract other people. And tourism starting here most of the time. Oh, do you hear tourism in, in the conversations when you're on the ground? Do you hear those topics coming up? No. When you engage voters, I'm curious what no, sort we, of... We cannot even talk about tourism. Right, no, yeah. But, but at the end, mm. this is one of the main uh, income of, of Lebanon, mm. the tourism. So we cannot talk about Hezbollah. Everyone is asking about that. But we need to be realistic. We can do nothing. We can just say that we are against 
Well, you guys are a little too honest for me. You're, so wait, I'm, I'm, I don't usually interrupt this much. Okay. I think you're the first person who was admitted. Yeah. You don't have a policy to address this huge nightmare. I have. You don't have a policy you can convince okay. a voter with and okay. say, I can do this for you. Let me tell you what I'm saying to voters. We should wait for a, a regional deal uh, to solve the problem of Hezbollah. Do you suggest... To the voter, let's say, yeah. we should wait? Or do you take it a slightly different way and say, I want to be part of that drive? Okay, it's okay. we need to talk about three points. Mm. First, we need to be inside the parliament to take a chair when it comes to negotiating Lebanon for the whole deal of the region. Mm. We cannot let them go alone and do what they did in Doha 2008. Yeah. Because what we're living now is because of the Doha uh, uh, deal. Two... We need to tell our voters that we have a lot of things to do before going to Hezbollah. I don't think that we don't have electricity because of Hezbollah. It's because of mm. corruption. Mm. Okay, they are protecting corruption, but there are other parties who are doing that. I don't think that what's what's in the streets of Beirut now, actually there is nothing in the streets of Beirut now because of Hezbollah. Uh, uh, the... the uh, we don't have police in the streets, you know. We don't see police. We don't have security. It's not because of Hezbollah. We can do that with the municipality. We can do that with the mayor. We can do that with with a, a, a lot of of, uh, of NGOs in Beirut. And you know what they did after the explosion of 4th of, uh, of August. So we can do that. It's not Hezbollah. It's us. It's the corruption. It's the parties who brought that brought that to us. Could, so, I, could I take liberty in challenging you on this? Yeah, uh, even though you're the one running. Can I? Can, can yeah, I sure, yeah, sure. But can I talk about, about of course. The, yeah, yeah. the third yeah. point? And we're telling them, okay, you say now you can do nothing because, because you have Hezbollah, the monster, sitting there and not allowing you to do anything. Let's consider that we have a deal. In a year, two or three. We should be prepared. And yeah. we should be ready yeah. to go that. Plus... If we start building our country, you know that then they will get weaker. Each time you achieve something in the country, okay, each time you succeed to do, let's say, a smart government, they will get weaker. Mm. Each time you succeed to do a law of I don't know what, they will get weaker. Mm. And this is how we can be really fighting against Hezbollah. I'd like to, before we get to Iman, I want to diplomatically dispute something you said, which is, I think, it's an important uh, discussion. Uh, I think it's not so bleak the way you described it, and that they have no, they have little um, effect when it comes to the general state collapse and everything we're experiencing. You outlined the obvious examples. No security at night, no electricity. There's pollution levels and environmental disaster that you wouldn't naturally extend to Hezbollah, which I think is true. That It's hard to think of them when you think of an unsafe city that they're not even involved with directly, at least when it comes to their security. But you also mentioned 2008 and the Doha Agreement, and I'm glad you're referencing these important years. In my mind, that's one of the rare occasions where the state tried to interfere with a sub-state group that is preventing institutions from functioning. And that was met with such violence and bloodshed. And it's been rare to see the state doing its job since in an effective way. And I'll take it even a step further. 
the rare occasion where the state still sort of pops its head and says, I'm still here. Uh, you mentioned the port blast. Tarah Bitar is one of those rare, rare occasions, rare human beings in this country that is trying to do his job. And then you have Tayuni in October, another round of bloodshed, which to me makes it seem like even if they're not directly involved with collapse, I see their burden on the country as contributing heavily to the mess we're living in. Now, is thinking about it that way sit well with you? Or do you still see it as, no, you can do municipal governance while there's still that huge burden on everyone? Tariq Bitar is a big case. When we talk about Tariq Bitar, we talk about maybe a big issue for Hezbollah because they are really involved in the explosion of uh, of 4th of August. They had something inside. I don't know what. And they don't know, they don't want us to know what. Uh, and Tariq Bitar maybe was getting really close to us, so, mm. to, to that. So they stopped everything. This this is where they interfere. They interfere on a less... Mm. Uh, but, mm. but, you know, let's say the municipality took a decision to to have some electricity in, in Beirut like Zahli. They will not say no, because they have nothing to... It's mm. not because they mm. like us or the country, but they don't want to go into such details. Mm-hmm. This is what I, what I was saying. It's okay. You have a lot of of member of the parliament who are not Hezbollah. Mm-hmm. Did they do anything after the explosion? The 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 parliament members of Beirut, nothing, zero. They didn't do anything. So you see responsibility as still there, and it should be there even when you have that huge burden. Of course, and they should go hand in hand. We have we still have a margin. Mm. We, we still can work for Beirut. Yeah. We still can do something, even in the small details in the street. It's, it's our normal daily life. We yeah. cannot even live that. We cannot even live a life going out of our home. They have uh, uh, 650 municipality police. Where are they? We see no one. This, this, this is not because of Hezbollah. This is because of corruption, mm. because of, of a lot of... Look, the establishment... Is based on, on I want really talk about the system. Um, maybe, maybe we don't have a problem with our system. We'll maybe. get we'll get back to that. But okay, I'd like Im- yeah, yeah, Iman, I'd like to hear your experience with voters and what those conversations are like. Assuming that there, yes, Hezbollah comes up, even Hariri comes up, but the more local concerns that come up as well. You'd be surprised. I don't think you'd be surprised. Uh, I think. Uh, Currently, today, the, the economic issues are pressing on the voters, mm. on the Lebanese and on the Beirutis. And granted, they ask you that the bigger frame or your program, uh, belie- that you believe in a sovereign state. But today, these people, they want to eat, drink, have electricity, and mm. not die in front of hospitals. So this is their concerns today. And yesterday, I was talking to someone, and he was like, fine. We all know what's strong. We're all dealing with these with our these burdens on daily issues. What is your plan, step by step, on how to move forward uh, and have this economy be able to support what we need? Keep in mind the the minimum wage now is no longer acceptable. Uh, electric electricity now is uh, is something. Uh, uh, 
it comes on an hour, we're happy. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> you cannot you cannot pay for uh, for the generator uh, for the monthly fees, even if you have a minimum. I think what Wadah is saying is that even in our basic basic living rights, mm. to a certain extent, there lies a responsibility on these MPs and on our municipality. We're not talking about big decisions. Mm. We're talking about a traffic light, uh, a pot in the, in the street. These are our basic rights. And I believe that because of uh, Hezbollah's burdens and pressures and this confessional system that is in place and the clientelism that is in place, we, we are not able to move forward. We are at a state of paralysis. You know, Iman, I, uh, I appreciate two things you brought up, and this will actually tie things back to the system a little later. I, I want to save it for the last, because I think that's an existential uh, discussion. It's worth exploring. But you mentioned something which is actually, I think, timed, timed well. Uh, you're talking about local issues on the ground. And I think it was yesterday, the party that is best associated with local issues on the ground, Medinati, or formerly Beirut Medinati, could barely persuade enough people that it had to withdraw from Beirut too. And that to me is the most locally oriented uh, m- politics, I think, or that experiment is the only one that's really happened in Lebanon. They could not really sell the message effectively. Is it a challenge for Beirut to Tighir, let's say as a list, to also go down that road and say we're more capable and maybe it's not it's less to do with recognizing their name more to do maybe with your various backgrounds or maybe that there's not so much rigidity within this list because you come from a lot of these sort of individuals that I've come across are not the crowd that I would expect to easily sit together yet they do sit together and they sit well together does that make it easier to appeal to a wider let's say a wider voting base in Beirut too well, definitely, our list is made out of 21, we're a coalition, mm. 21 groups. And uh, we basically represent Beirut in its diversity, mm. which is something uh, we were able to, to, to manage, and this is something I'm, I'm extremely proud of. If we go back to, to the issue of Beirut Medinati or Medinati, I believe Beirut Medinati truly want what's good for this city. And I think based on that, they were able to shift their decision from moving forward in these uh, elections and withdrawing their candidacy mm. for the better good. So this is something I commend them for, honestly. And uh, I think we are all aware of how hard or how uphill this this battle is. Uh, but still, I believe that Medinati, they have their, uh, their structural values, they worked on the grounds and all of that. But at this point, we need to work more with each other later on to even push forward because again uh, this paralysis that we're living in is not easy to break to break away from or to even diagnose properly that wider coalition which you described has that been an advantage in general and having this list a little more accepted let's say than other lists that are not as maybe um, not as well known Do you think that that broader support base is what allows your list to actually pursue this? I I think I can't compare myself to to other lists. I think we are unique and different Mm. and uh, we're providing for a new way of doing things. 
whereby you agree on on a wider political sphere. We're not a political party per se. Right. Yeah. So, so it's not easy. Maybe for that's people. the advantage, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's not easy for people to say, well, who's uh, your tadlist? Mm-hmm. Who's who's the person mm-hmm. in charge? And it's hard for me to explain that we're all in it together, like eleven soldiers. And you said that once. We're and eleven tadlist. Absolutely. So this is how we're operating. You know, I didn't think about that. I never thought of this the way you said it. There's no natural name that comes up as the name yeah. behind the list. What the? How about your experience? And we mentioned this briefly before we started recording. I think the way you said it was almost poetic that we spent too much time negotiating lists and now we don't have enough time to actually campaign. Had we had two more months, we would do better. Lot, yeah. And you're not the only person I've heard say this. In, in multiple districts, that has come up. I had Verena Al-Amir sitting here, running in Metin. She thinks that she, if she, need, she needed two more months to yeah. make her name more accessible. Could you, ta- could you give me a bit of flavor, let's say, uh, in the list formation and how you saw things moving and what you would have preferred to see? Because 10 days from now, I think uh, this whole storm will pass and we'll have a lot of time to reflect on everything that went wrong. But what about from your eyes on the ground trying to do this? For the first time, I've done maybe five or six elections. For the first time, we start the election fully exhausted. (laughs) 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 Seriously. Uh, Yeah, negotiations were not easy. We're not expecting that. We expected to finish everything and all the lists and coalition, maybe max by January. And we had a date in if I remember, in 15 January to announce to announce it all over Lebanon. Or before that, I think. So five months ago was the yeah. first... Announcement of, of wow. the final list the launch all date. over Lebanon. Oh, we were launching wow. our list. It was supposed to happen then. Yeah. So, and it didn't. Yeah. Just imagine if we were mature enough to do that. We are not mature. But I'm, I'm going to guess this is not about Beirut too. It's... The country, it's, yeah, all it's all over. over the country because it was. I think I think it's not about only maturity. There are so many variables happening right now. Whether see what she should go to the parliament. <laughs> she knows how to say it. No, no, these are just big <laughs> words that she put together in one sentence. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, she, I, said, <laughs> I didn't even finish. Yeah, even, yeah, 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 that wasn't it. Thanks there are God. variables. Thanks like. God, you didn't ask me guys, about Medina. Guys. Oh. <laughs> The grounds are shifting uh, on daily basis. The grounds under us are shifting. So we're adjusting as we go along. It's not easy. I think this, uh, this uh, I like the word in Arabic, this fogginess, mm, mm. Uh, is still, still ongoing. And it has been since, I don't know, since probably before January. So this has dragged and... Nothing is helping us, whether internally or regionally or even internationally. So, again, Lebanon suffers from anything that happens outside. We started meeting in April 2020, before the explosion. To be able to have a program, a unified program, and to put the same target as, as everyone no no uh, april 2020 you were thinking a, about the elections yeah, right? yeah of course yeah. we were thinking about how to have a kind of a coalition yeah to start planning for the elections and then the explosion came and we 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 continue to try but we failed every time 
But what about Beirut too? Okay. This delicate, I mean, up until yesterday, there were two lists that are made up of very small, very unlikely victories. That was the Memphid list, Citizens in a State, and the um, Medinati list, which I think only two members are still running from. There are still too many lists in Beirut too, at least my understanding of it, that this should be an easier sell. And does it simply have to do with figures that served in the state before that are too visible and that's just a red line that you can't really hold hands with someone who's very uh, very maybe aggressive in his language like Fuad Mehsoumi and we can talk about that a bit later or or uh, Fuad Senyura in the background of a list that these are two figures that you just don't want to deal with you want to go out Pretty much on your own in a way that makes sense. Are you sure you want to ask me such questions? I'd rather ask yeah. you this question, yeah. yes. I'd rather you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't make any sense, I'll be like, sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> okay. I can beep it when there you start There is only pressing. one list. Is our, not really, yeah. our list that has a program and an, a real intention to change. Hmm. Okay? And I mean it. I, I, I sat with Fouad Mahzoumi maybe eight times and with his team and they were asking me all the time to join him. Mm. And I said, I cannot. I come from a different background. I have a group and groups that I represent and you are not the one that we want to be with. But there is still that attempt at forging a list, even if you didn't say yes, that yeah. you're sitting with him. Of course. Let's say from the. I said to Gibran Basile, so I said with everyone. This is the enough. worst. That's yeah. This is the worst. You yeah. Know? When you sit with Gibran Basile, you can sit with anyone on planet Earth. <laughs> it's hard for me to seeing you on that list. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's, I, it wasn't I wouldn't about the list. Right. It, was, it was two years ago. And okay. He asked, yeah. "Let's have a meeting," because we were really aggressive against him, against everyone. Mm. We were the first one to do media campaigns against the six, and we we we, we broke the taboo. But you're okay, so you're you're sitting with Mahzoumi, but you yeah. can't see eye to eye from the beginning. Yeah, I'm going to guess there was even little or no negotiations with the uh Fuad Senora's list, no. Beirut Tweje, whatever it's called. At the, at no. the, yeah. yeah, so there's a red line there, at least when it comes to that list. Mahzoumi is out, you're left with, I think, a very difficult battle. And is that something you just accept? Let's, first, let's yeah. ask everyone one question. Mm -hmm. Are you going to elect Nabi Burri? If they say no, you can sit with them. Because we. this is where we start the change. Mm. When we say we will not elect Nabi Burri. Mm. And I think there is one list now that will say we will not elect Nabi Burri. I, I think two. So Let's program and principle yeah. that you would not re-elect the Speaker of Parliament. Yeah, and those are the two not things. Because that we don't want just to, okay, we don't want to elect Nabi Burri, This mm. is clear, but it's you know it's the meaning. It it has a big meaning yeah. that you want to change the thirty years, he's been here all, all the time. Yeah. we're bored. Let's say he's doing a good job. We're bored. He's kidding us of of being boring. He's him everywhere, every yeah. time, and doing nothing. So actually. those are those are two things you can point at. Say yeah. you're the only list that. 
said that del- straightforwardly. Okay. Because you ask about Mahzoumi. Yeah. We all know that Mahzoumi met with Jubran Basil a year ago and Hezbollah and asked to be a prime minister. And this is his target, just to be a prime minister. And on the 16th of May, he will go back and sit with them to be a prime minister. Mm. So we cannot go there. It's his right. It's his option. It's He can do that. It's in politics. But we cannot be in such a place. So we chose to be here and we know what we're going to do. And we are a part of a big coalition, and we have a plan of three phases. I can talk about it now. Yeah, actually, maybe I can ask both of you about it, since it's, I'm guessing it's a big enough conversation. So, Iman, when you're delivering the message beyond what what Dah said, no Speaker of Parliament renewal, uh, and a, a plan that I think no other list actually, I think, in Beirut has, other than the citizens in the state one, which is, a plan that is a parallel plan. It's not a. It's a different way of looking at planning. They are doing a polling, not not an election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's well said. Actually, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I want to take these quotes from you guys. They, they're not bad. <laughs> I'll use them somehow in my own life. They're gonna pay for them. Uh, this one I can't. <laughs> Let's copyright them. I'll just, this one I'm gonna steal. Okay, you can. I'll attribute can. it to yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in a very classy way. Vote for Rodda. Uh, vote actually, for Yaman. Yeah, yeah that would be it. Vote for Rodda. Yeah. Polling. <laughs> Could you outline the the policies or the plan the way you see it when you're campaigning? Because I, I I would always like to imagine myself in a room where there's skeptical voters and you're maybe not a household name. Yeah. You're somebody that I think has to build trust, which is not easy. And then after that, you have to actually show that you're serious about this. So, what are those? What? What? How would you describe that to a voter? Well, I think our program is based on specific pillars: mm. a sovereign state, a rule of law, free economy, yet responsible at the same time, sustainability, okay, and how to move forward with a country that no longer looks like us or represents us. Mm. So these are the pillars that that our program are are build, are based on. Uh, I think surprisingly, yes, I am. I'm not a household name for the very simple reason that I lived my life up till 2017 in Saudi, and I came back here. And I'm a very private person. Mm. I'm an extremely private person, and uh, if you do your research about me, you find nothing. You the, find some things. The National Block, I think, is so happy to have you on board <laughs> that they've made you now, like, in everyone's feed. You're sponsored all over the place. I'm like, yes, she's coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Goodbye, privacy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and because I'm a lawyer, uh, I cannot utilize my work or my cases in a way to serve uh, politics. So I am bound by discretion, I am bound by secrecy. And uh, that's why I try as much as possible to dissociate from my political uh, decision to go on board in this candidacy and my actual professional work, because they do not mix at all. So going back to where we were, so these are the main pillars. But like I was saying before, at this point, if this country was able to provide for its citizens equally, the basic rights, I assure you the issue of Hezbollah will not be as flagrant or highlighted as much as it is right now. 
in, in terms of uh, campaigning or in, in, in general? In terms of campaigning and in terms of gender. Because mm. not, I was, uh, a couple of days ago, someone was, was saying, they're like, listen, uh, your speech about public servants and uh, accepting others, and this is not, uh, it's not being received well. You need to play on emotions, you need to play on the sectarian thing, you play to, to base it on fear. And I was like, I cannot perpetuate the system that we keep falling into. And it does not represent me or my beliefs, my set of beliefs. And what we're trying to, to say today with this list is that the norms that we have gotten accustomed to are not normal, nor acceptable, mm. nor okay for people who want to live in a state that provides and every citizen has duties and obligations, we cannot keep doing what, we're, what we have been doing and expect different outcomes. This is the exact definition of insanity. We need to find <laughs> common grounds with everyone. I'm, I'm a Beiruti, I'm a Sunni Beiruti. It does not mean I have the right to cancel out uh, a Shia from the Junub or nor do I want to. I want to see how together we can build a proper country for all of us. Once you're able to remove all these filters or all these preconceptions and bridge the gap between what he believes in or what I believe in, and you find this common ground, you're, you're able to connect on a, on a basic level. And yeah. I think this is what we need to do in Lebanon. We need to connect on a basic level. I'm going to take from that and try to go big here. And maybe it's a segue also to the system, the way we the three of us see it. And we may not see it the same way. You're speaking a language that I think is it's appealing in terms of uh, bringing what seems to be differing ideas or differing communities together so that they can be more harmonious. And I heard you say it earlier. You hinted at it that if we go down that road and focus on state infrastructure the way you see it, even something like Hezbollah would be easier to tackle and it would fade from the conversation. I hope I said that right. That's good. I wholeheartedly disagree. Now, I'm going to be extra diplomatic here because you guys are both refreshingly blunt. So I'll be... As blunt. I'll, I'll, be, I'll caress my bluntness. I'm not good at being blunt, but I'll, say, I'll explain myself. I don't think Lebanon, the way we understand Lebanon, has any communal uh, prejudice against others the way that kind of experience happens to Lebanese there. And I don't think we have any uh, differences that are fundamental to the point that we don't govern properly. Now, I'm going to go bigger. Wadah mentioned earlier 1969. I don't think the three of us were alive back then. I don't think any of us were alive back then. You were. Okay, 1968 you were born? Yeah. That, that's not bad, huh? Because <laughs> you're young. Too. Yeah, so. None, none of us know what Lebanon was like when the last hint of sovereignty faded. We, we haven't grown up in that Lebanon. And it was probably wobbly. It was probably inefficient. I'm going to guess it was sluggish. And a lot of the problems we still talk about probably predate 1969. But I think that kind of a state was capable of reforming. And I think we talk about sectarianism as if it was an existential burden from the beginning to the end. And we need to overthrow the sectarian order to move forward. I don't think any of that stuff is real. 
And the reason I say it in such an outrageous way is because I think the more we try to deliver the civil state secularism narrative to a Lebanese audience, the less we sell the story. And the reason I say that is because I don't think the word sectarian is bad. I agree. Now, uh, okay, so let's, okay, I so, agree. yeah, and I'll but say... I don't want to, I don't want to throw it out. I yeah. want to layer it. Okay, fair enough. Let, let me say one more thing and then I'll, uh, because you're being patient with me. I think... I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're okay. both being patient yeah. with me. <laughs> I think that's been the toughest challenge for any individual or any group post-October 17, which is to try to offer an alternative when there's a reality that I think is not necessarily bad. So the language of reform, I think, is more meaningful maybe than the language of getting along or conflict resolution. For example, no one anymore, no one even talks about Ta'if in a good way. Mm. Ta'if is not bad. I agree. At all. At all. Three pillars of Ta'if were never implemented the way they should have been. The Syrian withdrawal took 15 years, not two or three. Hezbollah grew rather than decline. And the thing that I think is always left out of the room, should be right in the middle, is the Senate. And that's sectarian reform. It's not abandonment, it's reform. So The civil state. The Senate that would make it make easier. Yeah, but the civil state is mo- the most important thing in the Taif because it will solve most of the issues. The civil state, my reading of Taif, and maybe I'm wrong here, but my reading is that that's the end goal. That's the outcome of those three steps towards a civil state. It's not the. Yeah. It's not the. Yeah. It's not the Starting first step. Yeah. But the end goal was supposed to be ten years ago or fifteen years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, even more now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So in that language. And when it comes to what happened October 17, and now campaigning, is that part of the reason why the appeal is not as strong as all of us thought it would be? That we're not betting on a sizable victory in partner. We're now talking in terms of one hand, maybe, individuals rather than a movement. Is it, does it have anything to do with that? That maybe the, too many are too opposed to words that are not as bad as they, th- as we think they are, and that includes sectarianism, and that secularism maybe is not the word most Lebanese want to hear. Yeah. So I'm sorry to throw that all on you, no. but does could you take from that and say whatever you'd like? All right. So whenever you talk to uh, Beiruti voters mm. in terms of a secular approach, this scares them because there is a misconception about secularism. Mm, mm. They believe that this is atheism. And this right. is something very important and we need to raise awareness. When I talk about a civic state, it does not mean uh, a, a state that does not uh, respect different religions. Mm, mm. So I think our, our issue here is we need to move towards a cultural shift, a socio-economic political shift, cultural shift. Mm. And I don't think we're today at the tipping point where we can say we can do that. And that's why we're going to talk about a handful or two handfuls of uh, people who believe in that change and so on and so forth. Because the grounds are not ready yet for that shift. Right? We need to address a lot of things. We need to dissipate 
that fear of the other. But my all this is important because my concern is that the sectarian parties that we seem to hate the most are the ones that grow yeah. when sectarianism is being frowned upon. So the Lebanese forces is now growing sizably. And that could be one of the most sectarian language parties in Lebanon. And that to me is almost like you would think that that would be on the decline, but it seems to be on the rise. Because we go back to our basic, basic intrinsic uh, uh, issues, whereas mm. when you scare someone mm. by default, you're going to have a, a, a responsive thing where you want someone to protect you. When you don't have strong institutions, yeah. you will look for the party to protect you. And mm. this is what they are doing. Imagine that we go to the parties or to the Zama mm. or maybe the people around them because we cannot reach the Zama to go into a hospital. Yeah. And this is a right that, that we have. Our, our, our uh, government should give us all our rights, not them. So yeah. they built a community based on asking for our right as a service from them. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying. I agree about Taif. But for now, we have, again, the realities that you should live in. Yeah. We have a plan. We have a plan, actually. Not like Saad. We, we have our, our <laughs> own plan, Saad al-Harim. <laughs> so, because... <laughs> so they embed a photo on, like, yeah, just yeah, like... A <laughs> yeah. Look, um, first, first, it's like, it's like, okay, it's like we, we are in a small castle and we have the enemy all around us. We cannot think about what's behind the enemy for now. We should think about protecting ourselves mm, inside this mm. castle. So to do that, we need to defend it. Our, our first mission, when we go into a, the parliament, all of us, is to pro protect our constitution, because they want to change that. It's to protect our identity, because they want to change that. It's to, bring, to be able to, to bring a government that that has some plans to, to, to protect the country. A, a plan that we can, just a small one, we can survive this period through a good uh, uh, economy plan, uh, through, I don't know, they should at least bring people who are experts in that. It's not them to do it. So they don't know how to do it. They don't have the, the intention and they don't know. You know, a lawyer is doing our financial plan. It's it's ridiculous. You know, you know that the lawyer was doing or our financial. What's wrong with lawyers? What's uh, wrong with uh, lawyers? Sorry, they <laughs> can do the financial plan. They are amazing. <laughs> you know that that our our minister of finance was a lawyer. The Actually, most he used to be my, my economics teacher in, back then in AUB. Who? I'm talking about the most critical period and I can show for AUB all the time yeah. in yeah, the yeah. history of Lebanon <laughs> the most critical period between between 2014 I think or 13 and 2019 yeah our minister of uh, minister of finance was Ali Hassan Khalil who's yeah. a lawyer and we don't want to, to, to talk about his university then back then during the war so uh, uh, this is how they were building the country around us. What we're saying that we need to do that to protect our identity, to bring a, a, a really a good government, and to bring a president, a real president of the country, not like the one we have now. So uh, I'll assume, uh, let's, go, let's go big here, you both enter parliament. 
That's gamble, right? Okay. You're both in Parliament together. Maybe like punching each other in the background. <laughs> yeah. More like working together. More like working. <laughs> yeah. And you have a few. Let's. You know what? Let's make it fifteen. These okay. are now overly optimistic figures. Not fifteen, including Kateib. Not the independents that are yeah, running all over the place. Us. The hardcore seventeenth October crowd. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe you're not as hardcore as others that will sit with you too. Okay. These are the October seventeen block. Okay. Do you think of yourselves as, or do you think of individual role as applying pressure on the majority within parliament the way it was tried before? Meaning this very small victory for Paula Yaoubian, or for that matter, that huge victory in 2009 and earlier 2005. Not the independence back then, but the majority trying to apply some pressure. And that majority did not succeed in both rounds. 2018, you had one person doing the, maybe trying to say the right thing. The country collapsed. What makes 2022 any different? Whether it's, you know what, whether it's 15 or whether it's even bigger. What does that, uh, what does that translate to in parliament? Okay, the opposition, if you want to call it the opposition, never had the majority. If we're talking about 14th of March, mm. they never had the majority. Because, because let me tell you why. In 2005, during the election, they had this, uh, uh, what they call it, the, elec the electoral uh, coalition, quattro, yeah. Okay. We were in the streets, yeah. in the streets, and they were doing that. So the parties of 14th of March killed 14th of March. Okay? And they did that all over in... in, in uh, in the government of 2009 uh, and, and 10, they gave them, Saad al-Hariri gave them the uh, Samul Wazir al-Malak. Mm. Okay? And then he resigned and everything fell apart. In 2016, they did the compromise with Hezbollah. 2017 and 18, they did the compromise of the uh, president. 2008, they did the compromise of Doha. So it was never a majority or a minority. They are all together. You just so, listed five things that are the opposite of what you just said. You said yeah. the parties killed March 14, but you yeah. just listed five events where Hezbollah killed March 14. No, he didn't force them to do the coalition with him on the on the uh, election of 2005. They did it because they need more uh, uh, MPs. Oh, you're talking about, I see, so you, I, I misunderstood. So the victory, okay. you know, in other words, it was never a majority they, they, number within no, they part. they sold us. They, they took mm. the victory mm. for their own benefits. Yes. So they took the victory. They told Hezbollah, okay, keep on having your, your arms, keep, keep on having yeah. your army, but we need to take our share of the country. This is the combination that, of I, I won't, I won't militia be too and, ma and mafia and militia. I, I, will, I will only I'll f try a few minutes on this subject only because it comes up a lot. Okay. Uh, that is maybe unintentionally avoiding the capabilities Hezbollah has on politics. You have 2006, a disaster in the country that leads to protests on the street, a delegitimization of the government. 2008, we talked about it a lot, Doha. What happens in Doha but why starts did in Hamra. But 2006? If we continued on fighting in 2005, mm. we were winning. Mm. Why did we give them that 
that power to to go to election with them mm. and then we say no we were mistaken and I, I they told me that that sentence we were mistaken mm. they mm. didn't kill Rafir Hariri about Hezbollah I'm not accusing them it's it's uh, the world is accusing them the international community oh but, so but I, I think I understood they, they told you, yeah. me I said why do you do that you know we don't they didn't do it Syria did it this is the answer I received and then after the election they said yeah they did it so you see the the negotiations that they did with Hezbollah as defeating the majority aspiration in parliament 2009 yeah they took the within a year I think Hezbollah leaves because of the special tribunal verdict Uh, but 2008 the only reason we even talk about Doha is because that's the last time the state tried to do something against Hezbollah. Uh, I guess it's not a very coherent question, but I'm trying to think what could happen now for a group of individuals that is different. Because no. I think you're going to do you're going to stand no. for the same exact principle, but it'll probably hit the same wall. Why? Hezbollah okay. has, has not changed in a way that is uh, better for reform. Okay, but we did. Mm. They didn't change. We did. Mm. We okay. have. We have. First, you know that over just social media, how many laws they were trying to do, and we were able to stop it. Only over social media, mm. they are that afraid. They cannot go to a restaurant. They cannot go to streets. Mm. Do you think they are really in that power? Okay, they have. They have their missiles, but they cannot use their missiles inside the country. They can use their 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 power of frightening people we didn't he said you you are americans he said you are israelis he said you are going to you're taking money for embassies he didn't believe himself mm. and we didn't even react to that and we continued on doing that i like that you said we changed that that's yeah. a, that's something that is you're not willing to negotiate the way that others never never believe me and i'm yeah. saying this here the first time our group or our uh, blog will do a compromise. I will resign if if I if I reach. The I final. see. So that would be the difference that you yeah. would step down rather than become the face of failure. It's just we are we had we had a war in the street and we are moving that to inside the parliament to open a new fight in, inside the parliament. And I know that there will be parties like Lebanese forces. We can we can meet, we can we can agree with them maybe on eighty percent mm. of the laws inside the mm. parliament, mm. because we have we have things in, in common, and with others we need to have the third of the parliament. This is extremely important. We need to have the third of the as opposition, mm. the third of the parliament, For and the, we can lead them. By the way, yeah, we so can lead a them third meaning because we will not compromise. They will not be able to compromise. So that's October seventeen plus the regime mm. parties that you can work with within parliament that yeah. makes sense to what you stand for. Okay, that would probably reach a third if on it on would, a, on a very would, yeah it would and and yeah. we need to stop changing the identity of the country they are trying to take us to to another place it's not lebanon it's not how we 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 want lebanon to be i'll wrap it up with maybe two questions and they can tie in together um the first is maybe it's a delicate question um i think a lot of people that have expertise in different fields uh, a man in, in legal 
in the legal world, you're you're a lawyer. What the you have obviously you have your private world. You have also a private enterprise, but you're also a media person. You have a skill set that both I don't think necessarily mean politics. These are expertise or skills that survive with or without this journey right here. And I think I can extend that to everyone I know running for parliament, that they come from different backgrounds and they have different skill sets. But it's always a question on my mind that I don't know if that's really what politics is about in Lebanon. And maybe you could tell me a bit, in, in your way, on your terms, your own personal journey in trying to become political in Lebanon. Because it's hard to be a household name even when you're from an established legacy, let's say. And when you're in the name or when you're on TV or on billboards, it's not necessarily favorable. I mean, we've, we're making fun these days about the new kids that are trying to do it. I think all of us are watching Michel Moore on Twitter and mm. Facebook and we're seeing him fumble and stumble. But he has that natural backing. We all know who he is. Yeah. We know his father, his grandfather. We know his, his relatives. This is new terrain for experts that are not politics per se. So maybe I can start with you. With the, you've been on the other side. You've covered politicians from a media man's sort of yeah. uh, footing. And now you're trying to persuade an audience to vote for you. Do you think you have that kind of advantage? That you're not, you're not maybe so soured in the politics terrain, or is it maybe a disadvantage that you that this is really fresh for you? This is why I said we're not mature enough to be able to go faster in building our coalition. And when I said mature, I I meant politically mature. Mm. Um, the problems that we faced, if we really had more experience on the other side, because I was in, in mainly in the kitchen of 14th of March. I saw mm. everything getting prepared, and I wasn't part of the big uh, decision, but I saw the decision getting getting prepared and how they do it and how they think. I didn't like it, by the way. So, and I, I lived with Rafiel Hariri maybe for five years from 2000 in the election, the first time I worked mm. with him in the election, till 2005, and learned learned a lot. But I never was in this side right. of, of getting, trying to, to get elected. It's, it's totally different. Mm. It's totally different. Or to form the lists, or to do coalitions. It's totally different. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. We need time. We need more time. But we, we don't have any other solution. What can we do? We cannot surrender. We cannot leave the country. And we cannot do anything. We were learning during the race. We are in a Formula One race. And we are in the first uh, uh, race. Uh, the first race in Saudi Arabia, by the way. Yeah. We are the first race of the Formula One, which is the most professional, dangerous race in the world. Everyone is a professional. We are competing <laughs> against 21 Schumacher. We are the car number 22. We are still learning. We can drive. We are still learning how to maybe to, to, to reach the end mm. so we can maybe win the second race. 
And do you see this as a springboard to 2026? Is yeah. this really what it's about? Yeah, of course. Okay, so politics is not a temporary thing right now. This is a no. struggle that will stay. We have some amazing people. Can you imagine her? Really, really. It's not because she's here. She knows I love her. Can you imagine her in the parliament? Seriously? Can you imagine what she can do in the parliament? So I'm going to... I, no, no, I, I can't. I can imagine. Better, she, I, I swear, she is better than the hum, the hundred twenty eight in the parliament now. Let, let me. I'll, I'll get to you, Iman. But through she, through she through what you're saying, there's something that I think is my bias. I've had so many lawyers running for parliament this time around. Actually, Verena Lamir is the youngest candidate, and she's part of the Beirut Bar Association. Nadim um, Shmeir, I think, is a yeah. He's a, he and he's actually a successful lawyer in Qatar, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I know he's not Sabatash Tishrin, but he's another lawyer. Um, I've had experts all over the... I mean, Najat on Saliba is one of the most... I think she's an inspiration. Yeah. And the woman has dedicated her life to what she believes in. I had Ziad Abishakir, who's in a sort of similar world with her environment and waste management. And then there's a long list of experts. Lori Haitayan was on the podcast. Yeah, unfortunately. She didn't she, run. Yeah. But I think yeah. she really considered it at some point. Yeah, she, she was. was a candidate. Yeah, she was. Right. She's a serious candidate. Yeah. And she's and, an energy expert. Yeah. And I think she's the person you should go to when it and comes to energy Mark policy. Yeah. Who's a political expert. Mark Dao, and he's a, I mean, I don't know what word to describe him, but let's say he's... No words to describe him. No words to describe him, yes. Uh, But there's many people that come from professions that I don't think, and you may disagree with me, I don't think they lend themselves easily to parliament. I think they work better in terms of maybe positions that are not political. And I could go all the way here. They could be minister posts. It's not necessarily lower than parliament. It could be actually in the cabinet or for that matter, an advisory or even a technical something that is more procedure than politics. And am I am I getting anything there in terms of the difficulty of coming from an expertise that's not communal uh, Sunni issues on the ground, Hezbollah, uh, everything that you have to talk about that's not has nothing to do with your job that it's more you're being forced to talk about things that maybe that's not what you really want to talk about you want to talk about procedure and process and you're stuck with talking politics not really i didn't have that problem because initially i studied the political science and public administration in aub and then my dad was like listen uh, what type of uh, job do you want to land with this uh, actual Mm. degree and he was like this is not something that can generate income so by default, I had to. That's do what I want. <laughs> so by default, I had to uh, take on another profession that I think structures mm. uh, my my trains of thought, uh, how I live, and all of these. And I think these two degrees uh, go hand in hand, honestly. Mm. So for me, when I talk about a public servant, I'm very aware of what Weber said on how his policies on bureaucracy and all of these things, because this is something that I actually learned. I had to add on to it my professional legal career Mm, because mm. 
in, in, in a system like Lebanon where clientelism is based and they appoint you randomly just because you're someone's daughter, someone's yeah. wife and so on. This is not the, the, the structure I wanted to engage in or work in. Mm. So I do have the, the background, but I don't see why any profession would hinder you from entering into politics. What's important here, it's not about your profession. It's about the system you're entering into or the system you envision and try to implement. And I believe a lot of these people who are actually running and you named some brilliant candidates, whether they are uh, on uh, uh, in the front rows of, of uh, this candidacy or they're working in back office, I assure you, we will all complement each other. What What's important to me is how do we move forward with the common good, the common good of this country, whether uh, mm. taking a, a upstage or in the backstage. So for me, at least personally, it doesn't matter. I just need to do, I need to put in my, my vision or reflect my intentions or uh, just have represent myself in this country in a way that actually uh, gives me that, that uh, calmness and tranquility that I actually did my role. So you see your, your potential, your agency, what you said resonates with me, that you didn't pursue this career here because the system doesn't really celebrate an individual that wants to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned everything that's wrong about corruption or Wasta and all that mm-hmm. stuff that we talk about, that you want to correct it. The way forward for you is through parliament rather than a position in government where you're leading by example because i'm trying to see the appeal through parliament when there's so much stacked against you and it's for all the reasons what Dah said time constraints uh the inability let's say to even you said schumacher there's so many i mean yeah you're 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 racing and your your time your time duration is too short and I'm wondering why Parliament is still the right avenue to do that. She's a lawyer. But Zelensky is an actor. So in other He's words, confronting it's Russia. Right, but so yeah. So mm. who who said that? First in Lebanon, it's different. Mm. The basic, uh, uh, the standard that we have is different than the rest of the world. Mm. There's not nothing on earth worse than that. We are living in. The, a black history. I don't imagine, I don't think any country in the world has passed in a situation that we are living in in Lebanon. And no one is trying to do anything. So what I'm saying is that let's try a new generation of uh, uh, MPs. We cannot really, we cannot go lower. Mm. They gave us nothing. They gave the, I hope that we can say they gave gave us nothing. They gave us a nightmare that we're living in. So, yes, we still uh, we still have to learn more. But I think during the last two or three years, most of us learned. Let's not forget that some of us started the political uh, uh, track ten years or fifteen years mm-hmm. ago. We are a combination of fighters, experts, politicians. She knows about the laws, others knows about the environment, others are fighters. We can, we can really have a great group inside 
to do it all. At least yeah. we are honest, we have good intention, we are clean, we are not corrupted, and we will not be corrupted, and we will not compromise, we are stubborn, and you the, will see what's coming. The appeal to me is that there's no one behind you guys, that this is really individuals trying to do the right thing, and that's really never been tried. That yeah. it, it could be independent enough. I don't think it's possible to be fully independent in Lebanon, but independent enough has not been tested. And the reason I mentioned Nadim Shmeil, not because I prefer him to Ziad Abishek, on the contrary, I think it's looking at a, a lawyer in parliament with that baggage behind him and all the confessional issues he has to deal with. And then the guy tries to implement something very basic, non-smoking legislation. I think, I hope I'm not saying this wrong, he said it, within 24 hours it failed. <laughs> and that to me is a competent lawyer who can't get something basic done, but is always doing the other politics that are unpleasant. Mm. And I just wonder why that would appeal to somebody with the right intentions without that backing going through that whole mess but I appreciate the tone and I appreciate the effort um, I think it's noble with or without geopolitical problems mm -hmm. I think it's the right thing to do and we'll wrap it up with the biggest part and you mentioned it early on how do you imagine a system for Lebanon that works better for Lebanon we didn't try our system yet that's the right answer. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not, so I shouldn't what, interrupt what, you. What, what yes. Doing? Okay, I'm going to win anything. <laughs> you get you get favorable editing. 90% you, 5% no. me, 5% him. <laughs> no, really, it's, 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 it's simple. We didn't try it. They, they, they had a tailor-made system, or they used the system for their benefits, and we, we, we cannot see if it's a wrong or a right system if we don't bring the right people to execute it. So for you, it's people, not... Yeah, of course. Of course. I think, in a way, this is not common language in October 17. Mm, I think this I is maybe less appealing to the most, yeah. to the base. I am less appealing, <laughs> believe me. Because <laughs> they always tell me, don't say everything. Just, well, I cannot. So it's individuals that yeah. can implement a better... Look, maybe the system is not the right one for Lebanon, but we need to, to, to really see it. At we, some place. We, yeah. Let's start somewhere. Iman, could you add to what, what Dah said? That Can you imagine a system that works better for someone like you who wouldn't have to leave the country and pursue their career, that they could stay here and easily find themselves doing the right thing without constraint? What would that system look like? Let's just say that the moral compass in this country has uh, diverted and mm. uh, what's, uh, what we consider as norms are not acceptable. Uh, I think what Wadah said is that we're trying to do things in a different way now. Mm. Mm. Uh, where we have ethics, where we are bound by the rule of law, where we adopt transparency, where we are clear, where the public good is is the, 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 the focal point of any work that we need to do. And this is the system that we work in. And I think what he said is fundamental. The problem is not the system. It's the people who are, unfortunately, not uh, are 
I don't know how to say it in a nice way, but... Don't. <laughs> they're just bending the system over to, to how they want to sustain themselves at our detriment. I'll give you something to edit. She's saying fucking up the system, but she didn't do it. So but you're both, edit, but edit you're both saying something else too, which is important. You're accepting that even individuals that maybe appeal to us that are in the system right now are not able to do their jobs and that may end up being a burden on anyone. Nasir Yassin. I don't think of him as a bad guy. No, he's a very good guy. As a good guy. Uh, Now, he's not able to do his job perhaps as effectively as he imagined, but I don't blame him for that. Neither do I blame the system. Uh, Another one who I think is competent, although he's more in the back and he's hiding, I think, right now, uh, Saad Shemi, who almost delivered us the IMF deal. I don't know if it's going to happen. He may not be from a party that I resonate. I don't think of the Syrian Socialist yeah, Nationalist yeah, Party as my yeah. kind of party. But I think of him as somebody trying to do the right thing. It's an unpopular move, perhaps, but he's trying. And I think the system is not the reason why he's unable to deliver. I think, I think paralysis from a group today and that kind of paralysis that goes back in time, over half a century now, is what lets anyone that tries, either they fail in government, or they leave government, or the worst case scenario, they get eliminated. And I think that is still with us today. I haven't been fully sold that this time around, there'll be a better path forward, just because there are better people in government. But again, maybe I'm being too bleak on that. You are definitely saying what needs to be said when you're battling many things at once. And I have full respect for anyone trying to win favor uh, in this current disaster we're going through in an election season that is, I think, so complicated for many of us that thought this would be a more unifying uh, journey. But all that aside, I have deep admiration for individuals pursuing politics and pushing forward even when the odds are stacked against them. In my mind, these are the heroes we'll look back on. So, Amen Tabbara, friend of the National Bloc. I got that right. Wadah Sadiq Khat Ahmar, full-fledged member. Yeah, sure. And Beirut Taghir. Beirut Taghir. Good luck. I wish you the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. We did it. I'll do an official handshake. Hold on. An official handshake. Hold on. Thanks for listening and watching. And a friendly reminder to support this podcast by contributing through Patreon or PayPal. All links are in the details box. Until next time, I'm Rani Shatah, and this is the Beirut Banyan.